With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome in, everybody, to this Monday, January 13th, as it is National Championship Day in college football, my neck of the woods here in South Louisiana. The game is taking place, obviously. The local team, LSU, is in it, and we've got a full breakdown for you on this game. That's going to be our focus, and of course, we're excited, as we mentioned to you last week on the College Football Show, we have transitioned the college show to five days a week. Yes, we're going to be talking college football Monday through Friday right here on Landry Football's conference call. And here's how it's going to work. We're going to talk nationally and talk the pertinent things, the relevant things, info, news, analysis. This time of year as we get through this game, we're going to focus today and tomorrow on a previewing the game and looking at some of the final details that get you ready for the game. And tomorrow we're going to recap the game. That's going to be the majority of the show. But we're going to get into other things, some today, some the rest of the week. Nationally, we're going to focus on a conference each day. So how would it work? The beginning of the show, we're going to talk about the latest in college football. Focus on from an analysis standpoint, an information standpoint, uh, uh, everything that may take place that I think is relevant for the college football fan. And then we're going to get into a little bit more of the details that maybe if you're not a fan of that conference, maybe you're interested in it, maybe you're not. But the reason is it, we don't want you to have to wait a week for hear me react to the things that are going on uh, that it's not old news, but certainly a little bit dated and other things take place and you lose track. So it is going to be something that you're going to want to tune to each and every day. Because if you're not a fan of a particular conference, let's say, and it's on that particular date, you still want to tune to it every single day, at least at the beginning, so that you can get a feel for what's going on around college football and some of the relevant stuff. So um, that is why you want to go right now and search iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you're going to 
find them all today. <clears throat> so this podcast, as all our podcasts, are bring, brought to you by, again, our great friends at 401k Generation. Licensed in all 50 states, they are the financial services experts. Any questions on money management, investment inquiries, or if you just want to make sure that you're on track to your financial goals, that's who you want to speak to today. They are your financial experts, as I mentioned. If you've got a financial person that you use, it's okay. You can get a second opinion. You can get a feel if you're doing the right things. If you are not sure if you're doing the right things, it's a good way to get your financial checkup. Beginning of the year, make sure you're you're reaching your financial goals. So call or text Eddie Rojas and his team at 401k Generation at 1-866-998-5879. So want to remind you also about LandryFootball.com. So we're going to get into the breakdowns, but a lot of the information we'll try to cover each and every day, key information, but a lot more details are taking place around the country than we can possibly get into covering it all. It's why you want to combine listening to this podcast with a membership to LandryFootball.com. Very affordable. Got free information on it like this podcast, but the detailed film room analysis, notebooks, everything from recruiting to the draft, free agency in the NFL, college football analysis all year long, we got it covered for you. So, uh, for example, the breakdown detailed, we've done several different posts on the breakdowns and angles of this national championship game. So you want to check on it today. We're going to focus on that today. There's news around the country that are nowhere near as big as what the national championship is. Uh, We've talked uh, ad nauseum about it. So it is shaping up going into it, and we never know how these games are going to play out. Sometimes... Uh, the start, and you, you you get a little bit of a slow start. I don't know how many of you have watched the crazy game between the Chiefs and the Texans on Sunday, but that isn't a perfect example of you have a, a disastrous start, then you complete turnaround. Football, in my 45 years of viewing, and over 30-plus years now as a paid professional NFL scout, NFL coach, college coach, all of my time. I've seen so many games, and there's always something that you see that you've never quite seen before. So we never know, and that's what's great. That's why we tune in, don't we? Just to, you never know what we're going to see. I think we're going to see something special. You've got two quarterbacks that are elite. You've got two featured running backs that are elite. You've got two receiving core, both sides that are elite. Uh, I think you've got some difference-making type players on defense. And Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, Grant Delpit of LSU, corners at LSU, um, great strategic defensive minds in Brent Venables and Dave Aranda on the defensive side. Um, Certainly good offensive acumen. (laughs) 
from Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott at Clemson <clears throat> and Steve Insminger and Joe Brady at LSU. So it really doesn't. You've got two unbeaten teams. We don't see that happen all the time. You see somebody come in from the fourth spot with one loss and get in. You've got a lot of things going on here. You've got, uh, looks like, I think the number one pick in this year's draft and the number one pick in next year's draft. Uh, you've got a lot of things going into it. Does this mean the game is going to be as good as the buildup? Kind of tough to think that it will because the buildup is so great. I think it has a chance to be a really good game. We saw the semifinals. I broke it down for you. I want to recap a little bit because that's a big part of, you know, for Clemson, you've not seen them play the the teams that could really challenge them uh, during the course of the season. Ohio State did. I came out of that game a little bit concerned that Clemson struggled some on the line of scrimmage more than I thought they would. But Clemson showed their toughness, their metal, and I think not enough is said about that and the importance of that, of knowing how to win. Those things are important to call upon. Is it going to factor if this is a close game in the fourth quarter? Clemson's blown out most people. They did win a close game against North Carolina. <clears throat> really weren't challenged much. They did have to win a close game against Ohio State. LSU, not so much. Oh, Auburn played them well for stretches. Florida had a lead early in the third quarter, but and Alabama was always within striking distance, but never had the ball with a chance to take a lead, save for the first drive of the game. So LSU's not been challenged. Clemson's been challenged a little, but not a lot. So how do both teams react in the fourth quarter of a close game if it is a close game? And I don't look at these two teams, certainly not like I looked at LSU-Oklahoma and saw that that had every probability of a blowout. This doesn't look to me to be a game that's going to be a decided advantage for either. It is certainly an advantage for LSU to be at home. Uh, the surroundings of the game is all LSU. I mean, it's probably 20 to 1 in New Orleans. It's, those of you who don't know, it's a 75 miles, 80 miles. <clears throat> excuse me, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. So a lot of people are going and partying. You've probably heard that the campus of LSU is classes for the spring semester scheduled to start today. They are closed today and closed tomorrow so that people involved can partake. It is crappy weather with a lot of rain, so we hope everyone is safe going to and from. But there will be a lot of atmosphere in New Orleans, as there always is, but just a lot more people now, a Mardi Gras feel, if you will, that you have a national championship game along with it. It will likely be a decided LSU crowd in the in the stadium. Don't know what percentage, but large percentage. 
going to factor in audibles. You practice that. I, I, I think that's certainly relevant. It's certainly a factor. I don't know if it's a decided factor. I think we're dealing with a mature Clemson team here. I think we're dealing <clears throat> with two quarterbacks that can handle the moment. And the teams both that have played in big-time games this year, and certainly in Clemson's case, this would be three out of five national championships, two out of the last three. Three out of the last four, I'm sorry, <clears throat> if they were to win tonight. Um, Trevor Lawrence kind of had a little bit of an up-and-down start of the season. The defense and the team and the schedule didn't allow that to cost them. They found their rhythm. They're 14-0. and Trevor Lawrence is 78-1 as a starter going back to his high school days. Um, they rallied from that 16-0 deficit against Ohio State. You know, you think at that point, it's not going to happen for them. They found a way to do it. Ohio State left some plays on the field. Their fan base will tell you that the officials didn't do a very good job. Be that as it may, Clemson was able to come back. As I mentioned, you got LSU. Uh, he's you know, what an impressive of a season as you're going to see from a quarterback, from a team, almost magical, almost destiny-like, although I'm not a big believer in that. I think that there is something to that. Sometimes it just appears to be your year. Maybe it is. Certainly has been their year. Whether it finishes up with a win or not, don't know. You've got the stories of Dabo and Ed, both promoted from staffs where the head coach is fired. <clears throat> Interim coaches, when you fire the head coach, is usually not the way to go. That's not the rule. That really rarely works. Well, it's worked in these two cases. These are the exceptions. Okay. Both have done a phenomenal job. Both are great recruiters. Both are great leaders. Both are great salesmen. You know, their recruiting prowess, their ability to sell the program, their ability to recruit and relate to people and talk to people and put staffs together and build a culture has been positive. Neither one of these guys are great X's and O guys. But they're very very good at putting people in place. And they've got really good staffs. So we've just talked about the coordinators on both sides, but the staff as a whole is really good. Clemson's got a 29-game win streak. LSU's all about this year. Last year they were good. They were 10-2, and felt like they should have been 11-1. and Got shut out by Alabama last year and had the seven-overtime game loss to A&M. But they were 10-2. and two. You are what your record says you are. They've gotten a program in two years with Joe Burrow that's turned it around. I can say that I feel very comfortable in saying that Clemson going to be back <clears throat> probably again and again. With Trevor Lawrence another year probably next year, 
and beyond with a tremendous-looking quarterback from out west that physically is off the charts good, maybe as good as who they have now. The future has been ensconced for Clemson, and the staff seems to be in pretty good shape. Jeff Scott moving on to South Florida, but the stability there. LSU, we're going to see. The likelihood is that Joe Brady is going to stay at LSU. The Carolina Panthers and a couple of other NFL teams are going to try to make a run at him. Is the timing right for him? Is the situation right for him? Time will tell. But it's a probability that he comes back to LSU. But Joe Burrow will not. He will be playing his trades in the NFL next year. So do we have the future program of the SEC? I'm not. All right, let's pump the brakes on that. LSU's one of the really good ones. The biggest difference between these programs is one is playing in a weaker league and one is playing in a tougher league that's more competitive and a challenge. Um, Joe Burrow has done something that I have not seen in a long time. Uh, It is the transformation of a really talented, big, physical, competitive, super smart coach's son, Jim Rat, who eats, sleeps, drinks football, who comes in as a graduate transfer, gets his degree, all fall, schedules it to where all fall this year. He had one online class. He did that work on Sunday, half a day. The other half a day, he was in the football building, and every other day he was preparing for practice, meetings, games, just like a pro quarterback. He has been a pro quarterback, a 24-year-old pro quarterback at the college level. So when you want to ask, what's the magic? How did it work? A talented guy that has got a focus that is above and beyond what you normally get from a college student because of circumstances of classes and whatnot, and you throw in the embracing of an offensive system that's allowed them to be very creative and attacking defenses with great receiver weapons, a good offensive line, a great versatile running back. It's hard to stop, most importantly, because the quarterback is like a coach on the field and can get you into the right play. So <clears throat> there are a couple of things that jump out at me in this game. It's, it's strength on strength, obviously, in a lot of areas. But one of the things that I am focused on is Brent Venables and how he plans on strategizing this game defensively against LSU's Joe Burrow. It is tough to get into the mind of Joe Burrow and confuse him. We saw Clemson do it against Tua in Alabama last year. Granted, 
it's a little different in that Clemson had a front four that could dominate and get base pressure, four-man pressures, occasional five-man pressures, and maximize guys in coverage. This year, they're not as good with their front four as they were last year. So they're having to manufacture pressure, get a little bit more five, six-man pressures at times. But they've got Isaiah Simmons, who is the joker player, the wild card guy, the great guy in coverage. He covers like a big safety, but he packs a wallop, and he plays well underneath, and he siphons out some things in the run game very effectively. How do they utilize him? How do they bring – do they have to bring in extra pressure? Because you got to pressure Burrow. You've got to force the ball to come out quick. And can you change up coverages enough in combination with pressuring him enough at the same time? That's the challenge because Burrow can do two things. He thinks quickly, and he's got quick feet to escape, extend plays, and what they've got built in to that offense with those big receivers – is when things break down, receivers extend their route, break their route, work back to the open field, and Burrow will extend and find it. We saw what people consider the two Heisman moments for Joe Burrow, and to me, the Heisman moments were the day-in, day-out performances and the decision-making on the field. But the two plays, the highlight plays, that get people most excited are the big play extension against Georgia and the one against Oklahoma, which showed his ability with his feet to extend, throw on the move when things kind of break down. So you've got that element. What will Clemson do? Last year they played a lot of too deep with the trap coverage underneath. That's what baited and got a pick six for Clemson early against Alabama, can they do something like that early? Can they force LSU to play from behind? Um, Can they break the rhythm a little bit? I think you can do it. Can you sustain it? How long would it take for him to figure it out and for them to figure it out upstairs to relay it to him? You know, here's the thing that I've noticed about studying Joe Burrow and studying him on tape all year long is you can throw things at him that are a little bit different. Unscouted looks, as we like to call it. Unscouted looks, meaning when he's broken down tape, he hasn't seen that coverage or front on tape. But as you throw that at him, if you continue to do it, he'll pick it up and then pick you apart. So being a step ahead and baiting some coverage. I think it's going to be real interesting. What do they do with covering Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield? You've got to figure that out because I'm going to tell you, a big part of that offense is not using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as a check down, but using him as a force safe throw. That's just you've got a lot of space. You've got him on a linebacker, and that's the best matchup. And they use him like a receiver, and he runs routes like a receiver. And so he's like having an inside slot guy that leaks out. 
it's going to be interesting to see, and I'm very curious to see the cat and mouse game between Brent Venables, who's been so good and very experienced and successful in big games like this, versus Joe Burrow. Now, I look at it, and I have to go back to the most recent game. And more so, I don't really, when I look at LSU, I don't look at the Ohio, the Oklahoma game as anything more than just a beat-down blowout that doesn't, you can't, don't learn a whole lot from it other than what we knew going into the game. But I do think that the Ohio State game was important in the evaluation process of Clemson because it was by far, by far, the best team that Clemson had played all year long. Now, Oklahoma was probably the fourth or fifth best team that LSU played all year. And I saw things. I saw Ohio State leave plays on the field. I saw mistakes in the passing game that I don't think LSU is going to make. So one thing I am certain about, Clemson will need to play better than it did against Ohio State, in my view. Some other matchups, Justin Jefferson, Clemson's A.J. Terrell. Terrell's not gotten a lot of work from the slot. Jamar Chase also been a threat. Um, I don't expect Terrell to shadow Jefferson, but this is something that we're going to see. Jefferson wins with quickness and route running ability from the slot. So let's watch that. The slot fades, which are so successful. The flutter stop and goes, the in routes. LSU works the middle part of the field. Inside the numbers, this offense works the inside the numbers better than any college I've team uh, college team I've seen in a in a decade. <laughs> in the last ten years, I'm not talking about the start of this new decade. So it's gonna be real interesting to see how this plays out. Um I think both are both secondaries are gonna have to be physical. I want to see what Calevon Chason does. Um you know he's really come on in terms of the early part of the season, coming off the injury last year, I think he's a lot better. Boy, he does a really good job bringing pressure off the edge. He does a good job of dropping back in coverage. He's really fluid. And I think he's an outside backer type guy. This guy turned down and ran down C.D. Lane. Impressive. He's a good pass rusher, putting pressure on Lawrence, the other thing I think we've got to watch is how LSU does a better job than Ohio State did of containing Trevor Lawrence as a runner. Do not allow the escape lanes. I think you got to be careful. I think you got to you've got to shorten that edge. But you've got to really step up inside the A, B, A and B gaps because you've got to make sure that he doesn't escape, and even in the design runs. I want to see what Clemson does with Kayvon Wallace. He's a little bit under the radar. I think he's a very underrated player for Clemson. Their safety, he's physical, he's instinctive, he's athletic. He's 
going to be a good safety at the next level. Um, they like to bring him as a blitzer. So, if he's, you've got the outside zone run that he's got to contain, I think LSU will utilize some of that. But what he tries to do is he tries to read the flow towards the weak side of the field, and he scrapes over the top to get to the quarterback on the other side of the field. He's got good range. He'll be the guy that's going to try to make sure that Joe Burrow doesn't beat them with his legs and tries to make plays in pursuit. Um, in a deep safety role, covering from the slot, giving some of their cover two looks pre-snap that morph into some cover one, some cover three. I think those are some of the things that they do really well. Aside from the quarterbacks, Isaiah Simmons, Caleb Chason, two guys to really focus in on that can make big-time plays. But guys like Kayvon Wallace is going to be a big factor. LSU's corners. I expect LSU's corners to be really physical with Clemson's receivers off the line of scrimmage. Both of these teams cannot allow these receivers to get free releases off the line of scrimmage. Both of these offenses are led by the quarterbacks, but they've got great receiver talents. Look, a lot of these throws, both of these make, particularly Lawrence, they're 50-50 balls that are really 70-30. They go up and make plays. So can LSU do something in coverage to make plays and maybe win some of them? Maybe it is a 50-50 ball. Because most of those 50-50 balls, as I said, it's 70-30. Maybe LSU's corners in coverage and safeties can make this more 50-50 balls. Now, I will tell you, the Clemson coaches don't think Grant Delpit's great in coverage. They think Jacoby Stevens is a liability. I think Delpit's better in coverage than they're giving him credit for. So we shall see. T. Higgins, Justin Ross in particular. Between Higgins and Ross with the corners Fulton and Stingley, that's going to be a must-see. Rodgers, DeOverton, Nada, Latson. Those guys could be real weapons in the passing game if they're able to locate the third and fourth options and maybe make them more of a factor if they get the right matchup. Travis Etienne, offensively, it's a big factor, just like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. ATN is really explosive, and if you don't contain him, you have no chance of controlling this Clemson offense. You know, there's been a lot of talk about LSU's defense all year, and people that focus on the defense not being good, I think are missing the point that they haven't, wasn't as healthy, and now they're healthier. And we're going to see. We're, we're going to see a healthier Grant Delpit. That I think that is the reason why – the film shows a different Grant Delpit than 
what grand output is now. It's not a dominant defense, but it's a good one. Michael Divinity, we'll see. He's back from a suspension. We'll see how much he can give him. If he can give him a little pass rush with Caleb on Chason, that'll be a big advantage. And I think it'll come down to Joe Burrow making plays, making enough plays. You know, you got to contain Burrow, but how do you cover Chase and Jefferson? This Clemson secondary, as I mentioned, is going to be challenged. Terrence Marshall can beat you. Thaddeus Moss can beat you. They find ways to attack your coverage and get receivers open. Burrow finds open guys, and he fits ball into tight windows downfield even better than Trevor Lawrence. Clyde Edwards-Alaire appears to be healthy. Huge factor. Good offensive lines, both cases. Quarterback helps it a bit. It ought to be a great one. There's not a whole lot that separates. I do think that maybe the stars are aligning a little bit for LSU, but I don't. Anybody that listens to me and follows me knows that I don't really get into that a whole lot. I'm more into who's the best team, the personnel matchups, the coaching. Those are the things that truly determine it. I just think LSU's a little bit better. Clemson may be better on this night. Just think LSU's a little bit better, has been better all year long. Tougher tested. But more importantly, they just look like they've got more answers than Clemson does. But I will say these look definitely like the two best teams. I think you can make the case coming out of the film room that Ohio State looked better than Clemson. But they couldn't do the little things. So when I look at it, I think LSU's the better team. I think LSU's best game beats Clemson. But if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, Clemson has that experience and is tested in big moments and has the confidence to come in and do it. Now, not that LSU doesn't. LSU's not had to do it. LSU's not had to really come back in the fourth quarter with the three, four minutes left in the game, with down by a possession. LSU's not had that moment this year. Clemson's had to do that. LSU's not had that situation where they've got to get off the field for a team coming back on them very much. Clemson's had a little bit of that. So it ought to be a great one. It ought to be a good one. I'm hoping it's a good four-quarter game. I'm hoping it has good drama. Um, I think it shapes up so very well. So we a couple of notes before we head out and let you enjoy the game, and, and we'll spend a lot of time reacting to that. And we'll get into our regular flow. I want to mention the biggest news of the week outside in the SEC, outside of this game, 
is the hiring of Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Now, I am, anybody that's followed me on LandryFootball.com will know that I'm not as high on Mike Leach as other people are. I think it's a great hire in terms of creating interest in state of Mississippi football, uh, Mississippi State. There's no doubt about that. I believe that he will get more talent just by being in closer proximity to talent than he has in Lubbock or Pullman. But relatively speaking is where it's going to be more difficult. The challenges within the SEC West are going to be a lot tougher. And the SEC overall going to be a lot tougher than what he saw in the Big 12 or the Pac-12. So he was, I thought, and when I studied and watched every one of his games and charted, I, I think he's outcoached a lot more than people know. But he doesn't really get noticed for being outcoached. He only gets noticed for, boy, he's won some big games. He's done the, He does a lot of good things. But one of them is not playing a style that's going to allow a defense to be successful. And if you don't play defense in this league, if you're not a good line of scrimmage team in this league, you got no chance. So I think he will gimmick his way into pulling some upsets here or there. But sustained winning – like Mississippi State hopes to have, I don't think they're going to get what they're bargaining for. But they're going to get some excitement. They're going to get some eyeballs onto the program. And there is something to that. There is no question. More people are interested in Mississippi State because Mike Leach is there. There is no doubt that Mike Leach is going to get more publicity than he ever has in his first two stops. Now, that may not be good for Mike because I think it's going to expose him in more of a football environment where if you blow 20-point leads in the quarter, 20-point leads in any part of any game, as opposed to 40 points in a quarter like he did against UCLA, you're going to get grilled for it. In Pullman, Washington, few people talk about it and then they're on to something else. In the SEC, they're going to drill on it and drill on it and drill on it and drill on it. That is the type of fishbowl that I think he thinks he wants to be a part of but is going to frustrate him because Mike is not someone that's ever wrong. It's never his fault. It's always the player's fault. It's going to be interesting, but it's look, I don't want to kill the buzz of the excitement of Mike Leach and what he brings to the SEC and Mississippi State. We'll revisit this during football season when the results on the field. We'll determine it one way or the other. I'm hoping for Mississippi State's sake and for Mike's sake that it's better than I hope it to be. Hey, folks, off to a good start. We're going to join you again tomorrow. We're going to focus again because of the timing of doing this. We're going to focus on the game. Tonight, we're going to break down the game in detail. It's going to be probably more towards midday as going to be at the game, going to be late, uh, and it's going to take some time to put it all together. So look for it about midday tomorrow. 
Um, but we're going to break down, recap the game. But going forward, we're going to take each show and talk about the the big news of the day, key things around the country every single day at the beginning of the show, and then get into the second part of the show, which is going to be the conference focus, which, again, is SEC on Mondays, ACC on Tuesdays, um, Big Ten on Wednesdays, Big 12 on Thursdays, and Pac-12 on Fridays. And, of course, we're going to be talking beyond the scope of those schools within the regions, uh, other programs, Group of Five teams. So make sure that you go to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast for Landry Football's conference call. That's where you're going to find all five conference podcasts. So stop what you're doing. Get that done today so you don't miss it. Make sure that you stop what you're doing and get on over to LandryFootball.com. Breaking down the NFL playoffs, breaking down the draft, breaking down recruiting, breaking down free agency, evaluating rosters on the college and pro teams as we're transitioning into the offseason. Uh, we've got it all covered for you. Free agency, the draft, recruiting. Um, we're going to ratchet up that, all of that, quite a bit. The football non-playing part of the season, the offseason, if you will, is a busier time of year for us and a, the best time, I think, to be a part of LandryFootball.com because it keeps you up to date on everything and gives you an understanding and a perspective that is important to the success during the football season, we take you through it using backgrounds as a recruiting coordinator, as an NFL scout, scouting director, front office executive, coach on the college and NFL level. That's what we do for you. So check it out at LandryFootball.com today. If you have a business that you want to promote, you think you're a good fit, send us an email over at LandryFootball.com. Contact Chris, and I will address it. I will get TJ to get in touch with you and we'll see if it's a good fit. If it is, we'd love to help you promote your business. Got any questions about the show? You got any questions that you want me to address on the podcast? Same thing, go to LandryFootball.com, contact Chris. And again, we're going to be doing it every day on the college level. If you've got a question for the pro podcast, we're going to be doing that on Wednesdays. Have future hopes of expanding that as well to more days depending upon um, the interest level and depending on the sponsorship, we'd like to increase that and probably will in the not-too-distant future. But be sure to join us every day. Sign up for it today. Rate and review. We appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.